how are we at sleeping at night? How, how good are we at sleeping during the night? And so do we lay down? Do we sleep? Do we have restful peace? Do we uh, have restful sleep? Do we sleep during the night all night? Do we wake up? Do we fret? Do we roll? Do we turn over? Do we toss? Do we turn? Or do we just lay down and we're ready to go to sleep when the time comes? We can, you know, and we're going to look at that, so just hang on. I'll lie down, sleep in peace. So we begin in Psalm chapter 4, verse 1. And we'll take the whole chapter here of Psalm, not very, very many verses. But Psalm 4, 1, David is speaking here and he says, Answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. What a great way to start a psalm. The psalms are simply songs. And so what a great way to start a song. God, I just want to talk to you. You're my righteous God. I need relief from my distress. I need you to be merciful to me. I need you to hear my prayer. And he's talking about his distress. And so we need to make sure we understand what that word means in case you ever have distress. Distress means affliction. Something has come into your life that has afflicted you. Something has come into your life that's troubling you. Something has come into your life that is oppressing you. And maybe you've never been there. You never had any of this happen in your life, but you might. And so David did, and he said, Lord, I just need some relief from my distress, from all my afflictions, all my troubles, and all my oppression, and I'm calling out to you, my righteous God, and I'm asking you to be merciful to me. I'm asking you to hear my prayer, and Lord, I'm just talking to you here as I'm praying. And so God has heard his prayer, and as you read the verse in the Hebrew language, we find out actually the verse should be spoken as that it's already happened, and he has been merciful to him, and it has already given David relief from his trouble. And so because God, uh, David is speaking to God, asking him to get, do this for him, God did. And so going on in verse 2, he said, how long? He's just looking around. He's thinking back over his day, thinking back over maybe the week. And he says, how long, O men, he's thinking about people, will you turn my glory into shame? As God is glorified through David and God is reigning through David uh, over Israel, he's thinking about people around him that are bringing him shame and are talking about him probably and trying to overpower him and overcome him and defeat him. And how long are they going to turn my glory into shame? And he asks again, how long will you love delusions and seek false gods about these other people? You know, you're, you're deluded in what you're thinking and you're following false gods and you're seeking after the wrong things in the world. And he said, how long is this going to go on? And sometimes we look at life around us too and we think, how long is this going to go on? Whatever this is, you know, here's trouble here and affliction there and things going on in our family, our friends and work and school and life in general in the country. And we just sometimes get, how long is this going to go on? So David's looking at that and asking that question to God or those two questions to God. And then at the end of that verse, you find it in your Bible and you find it in the verse here that I left it in there. It's the word selah or sometimes pronounced selah. And what does that mean? It's a pause. It's a silence. It's a division in the song, meaning that this is a song. And so as David is singing this song, maybe in his bed, maybe at night, maybe in the morning, we don't know, but he's singing the song and he's asking those two questions. And so he comes to the end of those two questions there in the song and he pauses and there's a silence. It's just a division in that song. And what it's doing is requiring him to reflect or us to reflect upon the answer that's coming in the next verse of the song. 
And so taking our prayer, taking his prayer, taking any of our prayers, and sometimes we talk to God and we say, Lord, what about this? What about that? And we're taking our plea to him and asking him to relieve us of our affliction, our oppression, whatever it may be. And then we pause. And when we pause in our prayer, we're waiting for him, aren't we? We've said what we needed to say. We've given it to him. And now we're pausing. There's some silence there. There's a division there. And we're just waiting and we're thinking about the answer and we're reflecting on what we've just asked God and we're waiting for Him to do something, waiting for Him to say something, waiting for Him to move, waiting for Him to speak and just waiting for God. And we're, uh, There's another verse in the Bible that says, Be still and know that I am God. God speaks to us and He says, Sometimes I'm just saying, be still. And sometimes God has to do that to us, doesn't He? Just get us to be still. Is it hard for you to be still? Anybody have trouble just being still? No? Everybody? Okay. Somebody's pointing out a couple of... Okay. Somebody's doing some pointing here. Nobody's just say, hey, me, 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 me. But you're doing all this. So uh, some people just have a hard time being still. You know, this and that. And God comes along and says, be still and just know that I'm God. And that's what David is waiting for here. He's doing that pause in the song, making a silence, making a division in the song. Require is reflecting on his his question and just waiting for God to answer. So he's wanting us to do the same thing too. Just pause, just wait, be silent, and let God speak to our hearts. So he goes on in verse 3 and says, Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself, and the Lord will hear when I call him. So there's his division. He's asking, let's take it, put it together. How long, O man, will you turn my glory into shame? And it's just reflecting, just thinking, just singing the song. And he says, how long will you love delusions and seek false gods? He's looking at evil men around him and says they're seeking wrong things and they're seeking false gods. And then he pauses and he stops and he's reflecting. And he says, know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. And the Lord will hear when I call. And so God, uh, David is now going to pray for these people as he looks around, see these people afflicting him, oppressing him, coming against him. He doesn't try to kill them. He prays for them. He's praying for people that are coming against him. Isn't that a novel idea? Because so many times somebody comes against us, we want to react and come against them. We want to react and do something to them. They're hurting us. We want to hurt them. And so many times they want to talk about us. We want to talk about them. And, uh, you know, we just kind of get involved in this little situation, whatever it is. And here we go back and forth so many times. And David comes along and says, wait a minute. I see all these evil people. They're coming against me. They're doing things against me. They're, they're afflicting me. They're oppressing me. God, I'm coming to you. I'm asking you what to do. I'm asking you to do something. And so I know what I'll do. I'll pray for them. So in the care of David, in the care of God, David was safe. He's saying, you've set me apart. I'm godly. I'm doing the right thing. I'm acting right, doing right. And the Lord's going to hear me when I call to him. So David realized in the care of God, he was safe. And that God would hear him and would respond to his prayers. Meaning this, in your anger, do not sin. When you're on your bed, search your hearts and be silent. He's talking about these other people, you see. These people are coming against him to oppress him and put him down and afflict him. He's not saying, God, go afflict them. God, go oppress them. God, do something about all this. He's saying... God, I'm looking at these people, and I'm asking you and asking them, in your anger against me, don't sin. And when you're on your beds, you evil people that are coming against me, that are oppressing me, afflicting me, 
search your hearts and just be silent. How about that for a prayer? For people that are coming against us or people, people that are afflicting us or look out in society at some things that are going on in society. How about a prayer for that against people that are doing some things in society that we're thinking, boy, here we go again. What, you know, what are they going to think up next? What about we say this? In your anger, you know, looking at somebody or some people, in your anger, do not sin. When you're on your beds, when you lay down at night, search your hearts, person or people, and just be silent and wait for God to do a work in you. Wait for God to speak to you. And then there it is again. Selah. And so David sings this verse and he stops and he reflects on it and he's waiting for God to say something about what he's saying here about these people he's praying for. And so David simply prayed for these evil people to turn from their sins and desire to worship the Lord. Praying for them to turn from their sins and worship the Lord. Not God, you need to do something about it. You need to do something to them. You need to move them out. You need to get them out of the way. You just need to, God, step in and he says, no. <laughs> I'm asking that they turn from their sins and they begin to worship you like I do. He wants these people to search their hearts and be silent and just hear from the Lord. How about that as a prayer for other people? It's kind of like Psalm 139 verse 23, taken away from Psalm 4 for just a moment, where David said this. He wasn't praying for somebody else here. He's praying for himself. Search me, <laughs> O God, and know my heart. So many times we pray for these other people, you know, search them, do something for them, do something to them. How about this over here? How about that over there? But do we pray for ourselves? And if we do pray for ourselves, do we say this? Search me, oh God, into my heart. You know, I look around and see all the sins of all these other people, but Lord, you might want to check on my heart too. Because there may be something there that you need to test me and know my anxious thoughts. You ever get anxious thoughts? Not sure what may happen tomorrow? Or maybe even not sure what's going to happen later on tonight. I mean, who'd have thought it yesterday? I was out mowing grass. Look up at my brother's house. I thought it was a fire truck and it was an ambulance. Got up there and you know the rest. I mean, just, just like that. And so test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offense away in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. God, just look into my heart. See about my anxious thoughts. See if I'm doing anything that offends you and offends other people. And Lord, just lead me in the everlasting way, in the right way, in the correct way. So Lord, do work in me first. And so as we go back, let's pull it all together. Verse 4, in your anger do not sin. He's talking about these other people that are coming against him, afflicting him. And when you're on your beds, these other people, search your hearts and be silent. Just hear from God like I hear from God. Wait for him to speak to your heart. Offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. So he had that pause, that silence, that sailor, and then he said that, offer right sacrifices to trust the Lord. Talking about these other people. These people are afflicting him, coming against him. How about you people offer right sacrifices and, and you trust the Lord, evil and wicked people that are coming against me. So as David continues to pray for these people, he wants them to trust the Lord. He just saying he wants, he's wanting them to repent, trust the Lord, stop afflicting him, coming against him, and just trust the Lord. And that would, and then in the end, they would offer right sacrifices to God and offer them the right spirit to God, and their hearts would be changed. They would be changed. They'd be right with God. They'd be worshiping the Lord. They'd be trusting the Lord, just like David was doing. And he says in verse 6, Many are asking, Who can show us any good? And he answers the question, Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. 
And so even though these people are turning against David, he continued to ask God to show them his favor and to bless them. So he, he, he comes out with that question. Many people around me are just asking the question, who can show us any good? Just show me something good. Show me somebody good. Just give me something good to talk about because they're always talking about the bad stuff. And he says, let your light shine on them, Lord. Just let your light shine in their face. Let your light shine on them so they can see that you're good and they can find something good to talk about because lives will be changed. You feel my heart's greater joy than when the grain and new wine abound. Lord, when there's a lot of food and good eating going on, he said, I, I like that. And we do too, don't we? We like it when we can sit down to a good plate of food and just enjoy a meal together and you know, talk with somebody or even eat by ourselves when we have to. And he says, Lord, I f- you just fill my heart with greater joy than all the food I could think, think of. And as king, he had some good food, I'm sure. He had some good cooks and good chefs. And so I'm sure he uh, abound in good food. But he said, better than all that is you. You fill my heart with greater joy than all this food coming before me. And so he says then in verse 8, as a result of all his praying for all these people, thinking about one by one, they're coming against me, they're afflicting me, they're doing this, they're doing that. And so, Lord, rather than get them, rather than hurt them, rather than do something about them, rather than get them out of my way, Lord, just save them. Lord, just change them. Lord, just do a work in their heart. I'm just going to pray that they'll lay in their bed at night and they'll just be silent and they'll hear from you. And as a result of all that praying at the end of his prayer, he says, I'll lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. These other people that I'm praying for, they might not be at peace tonight. They may have so much pain and agony going on in their brains and their minds and their hearts and their souls that they can't sleep in peace. But David said, I can. Because I'm praying for these people that are oppressing me. I'm praying for these people that are afflicting me. Lord, I'm just looking around me, seeing all this evil and all this awful, and I'm praying for them that you'll do work in their life. That they'll just lay down tonight and they'll just be silent and hear from you. And as a result, he said, I can sleep in peace because <laughs> I'm right with you and I'm right with other people. And he said, I don't have a problem sleeping because you make me sleep in peace. I have peace in my heart, peace in my mind with you because of you. Because you alone, you make me dwell, settle down in safety. I feel safe, he said, in you. Not in my bed, not in my home, not in my uh, where I live, in my area, but in you. I saw on the news last night where a certain area of a big city <clears throat> was talking about seceding from the city, meaning just pulling away from the big city and making their own little city on their own because crime is so bad. They said, we pay our tax dollars into the big city and all we get is crime. And they interviewed some people and said, you know, this break in in my house and here's this home invasion at my house and this happened at my house and all these things are happening around them and said, we're getting a group together and see if we can get our little area here to just secede from the big city and we'll do our own governing. We'll pay our own taxes and just keep it right here and we'll do more protecting for ourselves and the big city is protecting us. What about verse 8? God, I'm going to lie down in peace tonight. I'm going to sleep in peace because I'm at peace with you and peace with others. Because you, not the government, not the police, not the Marines, not the National Guard, 
Not the little weapon in my drawer by my bed, but you make me dwell in safety. Is that how we live? But even more than that, is that how we lie down at night and sleep? Do you dwell in the Lord in safety?